You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Welcome, everyone, to Stoppage Time. Peter and Drew are finally back with you. You got the good side of Stoppage Time last week, but don't worry, the lower half of Stoppage Time is back this week to bring you this week's episode. We're in the thick of SEC play. Auburn had games against Tennessee and Old Miss this weekend, and we're here to talk about it. We're here to break it down and get you previewed for LSU and Mississippi State. Oh, not even Mississippi State, just LSU this week. We have no no other games this week, so... We're here to get you previewed just with those games and talk about what we saw from Auburn soccer this week. And without further ado, the brainchild of Stoppage Time, Peter Green. You are too kind. I really did miss you last week. Uh, I think everybody else probably did miss you too. I think you don't give yourself enough credit. Uh, but it's good to have you back. It is good to be back. I am excited because Auburn started off SEC play pretty good at least in my opinion I would say we were a little bit worried about it we've had a double overtime game we went to OT against Ole Miss but we're coming off a win against Tennessee and we're going to break those down a little bit deeper but I think it's been going pretty good so far don't you think Peter yeah I think you have to be happy about this weekend definitely have to be about pretty happy about our SEC record and uh hugely happy about a win against number 18 Tennessee uh what a great what a great match that was yeah, it was, and so uh, I know we're going to get into these games, but there was a lot of hype and buildup going into this week, so tell me what was that? What was going on with that, Peter? All right, so, you know, early last week, they were talking about the tumblers, right? You you, you told me that, you know, you would love to have one of those tumblers. They look really nice. They had a soccer logo on there, and then they came out the day of the match and said that if you come to the match – you have a chance to enter a drawing, and you can meet the members of SEC Nation, which we're going to be on campus on Saturday against Mississippi State. So then you had, you know, another promotion, and then the third promotion is they had Nova at the game, at the match. You can come meet Nova, have your picture taken with Nova. My question to you, Drew, is have you ever seen that much hype around a single soccer match? You know, uh, about I think it was last season, maybe two seasons ago, we had Bruce Pearl. He came and, and he barbecued, the, and the coaches and the players served the fans that came. But I have not seen that much hype since Bruce Pearl. And, and you can probably argue that this was even more hype than that uh, that match. Yeah, I mean, I would say you're probably accurate with that. Bruce Pearl is definitely the one that comes to mind, just him coming out there and just spreading the Auburn spirit and grilling, serving up the, the fans. And I thought that was a really good one. I thought this was pretty neat because it – it almost came out of the blue. We we saw the promotion for the the cups the other day, and then it just all of a sudden it seemed to snowball with SEC Nation getting involved, and then Nova making a guest appearance there at the Auburn Soccer Complex. So I thought it was really good. That's the one that comes to mind the most. The only other times I think, and they really weren't hype, but it was just really good crowds coming out where. During those heydays, our first year stoppage time about four years ago when this Auburn team was rolling and looking to make a deep run in the tournament towards the end of the season, they really started to pick up in attendance. I think that's the only other comparable times I can see with this. But it was it was really neat to see, and I think it made a difference as far as having that home field advantage with Tennessee there. Jeff, I think it was huge. And just seeing all those things come together – you knew that soccer was really putting an impetus on this match, that it was really, really important to them. And uh, just like you said, we saw a result. Uh, on Thursday night, Auburn took on number 18, Tennessee, and won 
one nil. Uh, Auburn had or let me go ahead and tell you about the scoring. In the 40th minute, Alyssa Melanson fed a perfect ball to Corey Loxley. Loxley slots it inside the near post. This was Corey Loxley's first career goal, so that was awesome seeing that. Uh, Alyssa Melanson and Rocio Sanders were uh, given the assist. Of course, Auburn did win in final time, 1-0. Uh, Auburn had seven shots, four on goal. Tennessee had 12 shots, five on goal. Uh, and Kate Hart had five saves in this match. Uh First of all, that just that goal and, and Corey Loxley. This was her first career goal, and uh, Coach Hoppe talked about it, and I was just thinking about it. She, Loxley is coming off two uh, knee injuries or two leg injuries, and uh, she's been rehabbing a lot. We didn't really see her, I don't know, at all last season. We haven't seen much of her at all since she's been in Auburn. And uh, just to see her get that goal was just really, I guess, uh, satisfying. It was uh, I was very happy for her, and this is kind of going into something I was going to talk about later also, but I just think Corey Loxley has just been great. She's been on fire uh, for Auburn this season. Yeah, she's doing really well so far, and I thought especially, I mean, let, let's look back a little bit. I think actually starting SEC play is when she really started to pick it up because she was playing, coming off the bench a lot, but as soon as we entered SEC play, Corey Loxley is the name that you've seen most going down that right side. And she's gotten some really good minutes out there, done very well. I think her pace is very good. She's she's very good with close control. And I think as she kind of gets back into full game time, full contact, full everything, because it does take a while to come back, not just from one injury, but from multiple injuries. I, I think going forward, she's really starting to work herself into a nice groove. And what are we always talking about? Every sport, as you enter into postseason play, you want your best players hitting their hitting their stride towards the end of the season. And believe it or not, Peter, we're fifty percent of the way through the season, and we're a third of the way through SEC play. Uh, we're actually over fifty percent of the way through the season, so we're closing in on that. And if she can start kind of looking down the road once we get to Florida uh, with four games left to go, if she can start hitting her stride when we go down there and really being a head turner, being someone who makes the offense churn, I think that's going to be wonderful. And I think we're seeing that now. Uh, I don't want to use hyperbole. I don't want to exaggerate. But I think we're watching Lockley become one of the best players on the pitch, and, and certainly in the midfield. She's really dangerous on that wing because she has that combination of speed and power. Uh, she could uh, fight to hold ball. She's got speed to outrun uh, the defenders. So uh, I'm really looking for her to be a key part of this offense going forward into the SEC schedule. Yeah, I, I think she definitely will be. And just to kind of go back to a later point that we were having, I know you and I were just sitting there talking about the the impact that the crowd may have had. And I was looking back through some old attendance stats that we've had so far. And Samford was about a 300-person attended game, about 350-ish. Uh, Southern Miss was in the lower 500s. Syracuse and Troy as well were in the 400s. But when we look at this Tennessee game, I think the big impact was that this game hopped over 600 people in attendance. And I think that was a big deal. Yeah, definitely. And I think that Auburn knew that. They're going to need the, the people in the crowd. And uh, I talked about it last week that they are coming off all these road matches. They're coming off of – they came off of three overtime matches in a row. And – they just needed some support. They needed to feed off that energy from the from the crowd, and I think Auburn soccer realized that. That's why we see all these different promotions to get people there, and it was a huge success. Yeah, I, I think it was really good, and I know 
another thing that we talked about whenever you and I were just kind of messaging back and forth during the game is that Auburn looked very cohesive for the first time in a while in this Tennessee game. What, what did you see going, uh, going on during the game? So far this season, this was the most complete match I have seen Auburn play this season. Our, our back line looked great. There were no obvious mental errors. Uh, our, it was a great team uh, play attacking the goal, uh, t- uh, getting into the box. Also, I, just, I saw group tackling. I don't know if I've seen that this season. Uh, so this was a really big win for Auburn, but I also thought it was just the most complete match. And I think you have to note also that we didn't have brief folds, which – uh, many people would argue is one of our better players. Uh, Tennessee didn't have Kenny Cousins, which is probably one of their better players, so kind of even there. But uh, even without Bree Foles, I just thought we played so much better in this match. And and going, and, and I guess comparably speaking, this was our best match yet. Yeah, I thought it was good. And, I mean, just looking sheerly at the fact that it's a win and against number 18 in the nation, Tennessee, I think that that's definitely something that we – expect from this Auburn program it's we've had a little bit of a downtime this past year year and a half but I think after watching this team grow up a little bit last year and looking this year of how they have had some hard times winning those late games just letting in late goals and either pushing the game into overtime and settling for a draw or taking a loss on a late goal just in a little mental lapse it was good to see Auburn hold on against a tough team don't you think Definitely. And not only that, but I felt comfortable in this match. You know, we, we put the ball in pretty early. It was in the 40th minute and we kind of sat on that for a while, but I felt comfortable with that lead, even though it was only a one goal lead. And, you know, again, we have to, we've proven this season that you have to play to the whistle, to the final whistle, but I thought they did that. And I was pretty comfortable with that lead going into the final whistle. Yeah, I, I definitely think that was hopefully a, a, a turning point almost. I mean, we're about to talk about Old Miss and Old Miss in, in the way we anticipated. But I think seeing the performance against Tennessee, I think that's a building block going forward. And I think that's definitely something that, that we can make note of and look back and go, hey, I mean, that was a good win. It kind of propelled us in to the later part of the season, showed us a little bit about ourselves. And so I think that was definitely one of those that you look back on and you say that was an important victory there for Auburn soccer. You were actually present down in Oxford this weekend. How did your trip go? Uh, yes, I did. I traveled down. I, I got out of church, and uh, it's about an hour from where I went to church. So I traveled down there. I got there in time to go to Obie's. If you've never been to Obie's, they have an awesome alligator po' boy. Highly recommend it. So I pre I pre-game with the po' boy, and uh, drove about nine more minutes to the stadium. And uh, Drew, I don't know who planned uh oxford mississippi but i don't know why they planned it on the surface of the sun it was about 98 degrees i'm i'm uh suffering from a sunburn now it was really really hot you know we talk about those sunday matches i can tell you uh, for certain this was a hot match and i wasn't even on the pitch i was in the stands uh but it was very hot uh but as you said, we did not have the result we really wanted uh auburn fell to ole miss nil one in overtime uh, 96th minute, 96th minute in the first overtime, Ole Miss did score. Uh, Auburn had nine shots, two on goal. Ole Miss had 12 shots, three on goal. Kate Hart had two saves in this match. Uh, you might disagree with me, but just sitting there watching the two teams, I, you know, on paper and, and sitting there watching them with the eye test, I personally felt that these two teams were pretty evenly matched. 
Uh, it felt that way during the match, and it definitely felt that way during overtime under the golden goal rules. Uh, Ole Miss was just able to capitalize first. That was just kind of my impression on it. Yeah, I thought that Auburn actually played very well. Uh, my opinion, and that was just because we had a lazy cameraman on the SEC Network Plus, by the way. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call him out, so if he ever listens, I'm upset with you. Uh, but you were there live. I thought the, the assistant ref was pretty quick on some of the offsides. I think some of them were, and I know some of them were definitely offsides, but I thought that there was a lot of quick offsides for Auburn. And so I think that actually put us more into an even matchup with Old Miss when actually – I think Auburn played forward very well and got caught uh, maybe by a couple of bang-bang calls as far as being able to break this game open. I don't think it should have went to overtime, basically is what I'm saying, because I I thought Auburn had a lot of good opportunities that ended up getting called back because of a quick trigger for the assistant ref. You didn't know this, but this was uh, one of the things I was going to bring up. Auburn had seven uh, seven offsides in the match which killed a lot of our attack uh, attacking momentum. We had to set up a, some pretty good-looking attacks on the goal in, in the box, and we were caught off sides. Uh, from my vantage point, I didn't see, uh, I guess, the offs, you know, whether they were or not. Some of them looked pretty obvious to me. Uh, I felt like we set up well, but the – and I thought some of the – you might disagree with me. You might have saw it better on TV, but I thought some of them were pretty blatant that we were off sides. Uh, and looking back at the Tennessee match, we actually had zero offsides in that Tennessee match. So you might be right about the uh, the, tr- the quick trigger on that ref there. But uh, I think that's what ultimately killed us was those offside calls. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely some, I agree. Uh, especially like Rocio Sanders, I know there was a couple of times she was offside. I know Corey Loxley was the main one that actually kept coming to mind. Of I felt like she was in line with the last defender and even actually onside by good half step to a step on the Auburn portion and was getting called off sides consistently and same with Haley Whitaker. And so I think that there was probably about three to four very like obvious ones. And then there was two to three really questionable ones for me as far as I felt like it was far closer. And, but like I said, lazy cameraman couldn't really tell the best angles. They don't have the benefit of the, the replay as far as the the broadcast being able to show it back, show us the line, show us how they're exactly off sides. But I just felt like we're a lot of our offense going forward was undone by a couple iffy offsides calls, not making an excuse, but I thought Auburn did well. I'll take that. I'll take a one Oh loss in overtime as bad as that sounds. If we continue to play forward, like we showed in this old miss game, I thought, going forward we looked pretty good actually at times and i would like to see that continue and the offsides are going to fix itself it's just getting more trust more belief that you're on side and knowing your own pace i thought our attacks were definitely drawn up better uh i thought at times old mess was just kind of straightforward and, and that's why you didn't see them really get anything in in uh, regulation uh but again just like you were saying that offsides just killed our attack it killed our momentum uh, and I think that's really what ended up costing us the game, whether it was our fault or whether that ref was really quick on the trigger on those. Um, I thought our best chance was probably Corey Loxley's cross in front of the goal that Giroux just could not get on the uh, the end of. Uh, that was right in front of me. I really thought that that was going to be the one that, to go in the net, but Giroux just couldn't get there. Uh, did you see any others that looked pretty close for us? I, I mean, there was a couple of breakaways even where we didn't get called off sides where I think 
we played the wrong ball. And part of that is just realizing what's in front of you. We would play a, a far deeper ball than we needed to uh, rather than making the easy pass. And I think it just sometimes we need to slow ourselves down and realize the easiest pass is sometimes the best pass. It, it, we don't always have to break the game wide open. And I think going forward, especially we're looking at one game this week against LSU, a little more practice time, a little more time to recover, a little more time to work on these things. Coach Hoppus tweaked and move people around just a little bit. Formation is still somewhat the same, but she's kind of worked how the ball goes forward a little bit better. She's worked um, who's making the runs a little bit more. And so I think just having a little more time under her belt, we're going to see uh, the Tennessee game and the Ole Miss game, the good qualities from that, I think we're going to see them start coming out more. Yeah, I think she's finding a, a lineup that she's very comfortable with. I think she likes uh, Loxley off the bench. She may have started against Ole Miss, but uh, Loxley has been really, doing really well off the bench. So I think she knows uh, how she wants to uh, to play the players, You know who she wants to start, where she wants them to start. Uh, and I, I really enjoy just watching her coach. Uh, I was kind of behind the, the Auburn bench, so I was able to watch her coach. And uh, and so I just I really enjoyed that. Let me just talk about the fan experience at Oxford. There was about between 700 and 750 uh, fans there. I don't remember the exact number, but. Auburn wins in fans, hands down. Whenever I watch the broadcast at, at the Auburn Soccer Complex, I can always hear the crowd. They're banging on the drums. They're yelling. They're chanting. I felt like the Ole Miss fans, you could tell that they wanted their team to win, but they sat on their hands. They were really, really quiet. Now, that might have to be part because it's 98 degrees and nobody had much energy, but I really felt like Auburn's fan experience was way better than what I saw at Ole Miss. So hats off to the Auburn crowd. Yeah, and let's also talk a little bit, something I noticed on the broadcast. Uh, Auburn, like, treats them nice, has some nice seats out there, has the dugouts and everything. Old Miss, as far as I'm aware and for what I remember from the broadcast, had them sitting in, like, white fold-out chairs, the, the plastic ones. Don't you remember that? Like, I, a little crummy on Old Miss's part. I, I feel like y'all should be able to afford enough nice chairs. You're not dumping money into a football program anymore, but at least, like, do something to help us out a little bit there. I, I mean... Old Miss is Ole Miss. What are you, you going to do about it, I guess? I want to I bring this up, and this is something I saw this week as I was just kind of looking through notes for the show. Uh, we haven't beaten Ole Miss since 2012. Did you know that? That seems accurate. We haven't won in Oxford since 2011. Oh, that, that seems awful. What do we got to do to get over the hump? I mean, I don't know about this team, but I'm going to have this game circled next season. Of course, it's going to be in Auburn, uh, but... And when I say we haven't beaten them since 2012, there were some draws, but uh, we haven't won against Ole Miss since 2012, and we haven't won in Oxford since 2011. Yeah, that's rough because I mean Oxford's uh, Ole Miss is a pretty good little team. I you you want to get that game? It, maybe next year if we get them on the schedule, that's going to be one of those that we can look back and it's going to be like Florida where we're able to break out a little bit and kind of get over the hump against them. Because I'm, I personally don't like losing to Ole Miss at all. I, I don't think that they're in our category as far as sports and a lot of other things. And I don't like seeing them uh, take a W on the schedule from us. They were definitely really good with CeCe Kaiser. I talked about that last week. Uh, she scored two goals against, a, against us last season. Uh, but they don't have her anymore. And so I really thought this was going to be our opportunity to finally go there and, and win and Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Again, they looked pretty evenly matched on the field. Uh, but like I said, 
next season, I'm going to have this match circled if we play them on the, if they're on the schedule. I really want to win against Ole Miss. Um, by the way, you know who the, the MVP was for this match, Drew? Who was the MVP for this match? The cloud that came over the stadium during the second half for part of the for part of the time because it was just so hot. I know I keep talking about that, but it was hot. Well, let's talk about this. You, you talked about whoever designed Ole Miss uh, put it on like the surface of the sun, but you and I both have experiences down there in Oxford, and they ha- haven't always been the hottest experience because you remember you and I went to that Auburn Ole Miss game as when Treadwell broke his leg, and it was like four degrees outside, and we sat out there for god knows how long so i think we need to reclassify this as either as hot as can be or it's as cold as could be because i've yet to experience an in-between down there in oxford that was certainly the coldest game i've ever been to so they get the uh, the coldest football game and then the hottest soccer match i've ever been to okay as long as we put them on the correct footing so now that we've appropriately ripped old miss which i think is well within our right to do any point in time we talk about them on this show uh, let's go ahead and transition into the rest of our SEC schedule. Like I said, I started to introduce two games this week, realized my mistake very quickly. We only play one game this week, and we typically do that once a year. Uh, I think every SEC team does that where during their SEC play, they have just kind of one game, almost like a bye week for them instead of making them play two two games in a week. So this week we have LSU at the Auburn Soccer Complex. And believe it or not, Peter, guess where this game's going to be televised at? SEC Network. Actually, on broadcast uh, on a broadcast network, you're not going to log into a stream or anything like that. No alternate channels this time. We got SEC Network, and actually, looking forward in the schedule, we got an ESPNU game coming up. So I That's mean, really unbelievable. We're we're in a weird world, but it's coming against Texas A&M, who's the 14th team in the nation right now. So that's not exciting. But LSU Tigers will travel to the Auburn Soccer Complex at 6 p.m. on Thursday to face. Uh, Auburn, this is going to be a good game as far as I believe Auburn should be able to take this one. I think you're going to believe Auburn's going to be able to take this one, Peter. This should be just a time to get our legs underneath us. Like I said, improve on those things that we saw in the Tennessee game and in the Ole Miss game. And you hope to come out and thrash LSU, hopefully, in this game. They are 2-6-2 on the year. They're 0-1-1 and in SEC play. They're one and three on the uh, down there in LSU, and they're one, two, and two away, zero and one on a neutral field. They have taken some whopping losses this year to Duke, zero and uh, they lost zero to six. They lost to Florida, zero to three, a couple weeks back. They just are coming off a double overtime tie to Georgia. They took a loss to James Madison at home, and then they're going to be facing Texas A&M down there in Baton Rouge right before they face us. I think this is a game Auburn should win. Believe that or not, Peter. You know, LSU always plays us close. They're always uh, a tough team for whatever reason. They just are. Uh, But uh, this is at home. We've talked about our home record. We are uh, vastly superior at home against other teams. Uh, Cooler weather is coming. I don't know if it'll be here in time for that match, but cooler weather is coming. So maybe the fans will come out. And support the team. I've already talked about our fan experience at Auburn is way better than at least Ole Miss. So we'll have the fans behind us. Uh, and I think also this is something I was going to talk about during while well, we're talking about Tennessee, but it's, I can talk about it now. I think we've kind of seen our ceiling. You know, our ceiling's risen up. We've beaten the number 18 team in the in the country. And so I definitely feel like LSU is below that ceiling. So if I think if we can beat number 18 Tennessee, 
Number 14, Texas A&M may be another conversation, but I feel like and I'm confident that we can beat LSU. Yeah, I, I think we're going to beat LSU. I think this is going to be a game that we take care of our business. Let me give you a stat right here and tell me good or bad, Peter. LSU has no goal scorers on their team, or their highest goal scorer has scored one goal. Good or bad? Uh, if I was going to go for a team with goal scorers, I'd go for Auburn that's had multiple goal scorers, multiple goals. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it, it's not a great stat to have. Uh, they have one, two, three, four. They have five players with one goal is what they're tied for. They're not producing a lot of offense. They're giving up a lot, a lot of goals. And honestly, they give up a lot of fouls in the game. And so I, I think I think this is going to be a good one. They also give up a lot of corners. They give up 84 corners compared to the 17 that they get. Um, they're the 17 they've gotten this year. So they they face a lot a lot of challenges at their goal. They're, uh, they have a lot of shots on goal, 225 by opponents compared to 76 by them. And that's not a great stat to have. They're being outscored 18 to five. I, I think this is the game where if you're Coach Hoppe, you tell your team, go out and play offense as hard as you can. Go put them away. Go get as many goals as you can. I, I understand sportsmanship, and I understand you don't want to run the score up, but Auburn is a team still searching for themselves a little bit. And I think sometimes you just got to go for the throat and get the goals that you need to get the confidence. Giving those stats, really, I feel like this match really plays in Auburn's favor for, for two reasons. One, this weekend we saw Auburn against Tennessee and Ole Miss, we really saw Auburn's defense take a step forward and play a lot better. So if you have goal scorers that are, have only scored one goal, uh, this is really a, a chance for our, our defense to come come out and show out and, and really shut LSU down, uh, even come away with a clean sheet. The other stat you said was about giving up corners, giving up uh, fouls, which equals to set pieces. And even when our offense wasn't clicking at the beginning of the season, we were still scoring goals on set pieces, on uh, penalty kicks, and off of corners. And so I think that really plays into uh, Auburn's strength as far as uh, scoring goals off of set pieces. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I predict a win for Auburn. I'm pretty sure listening to you, you predict a win for Auburn, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think coming out of the weekend, 1-0 and is what we're hoping for, what we hope to be talking about next week. And then we'll get to previewing Mississippi State and Texas A&M going into that week. It's good to be back. It's good not to be as sick as I was. And great to have you here with me, Peter. I but I, w- I want to mention before we wrap this show up, you're famous now, right? Like you've made your acting debut. Are you going to be leaving us good people at the ETC Network behind? Well, if they don't start paying me better, it might happen. But I didn't get paid too much to be an extra either. So uh, I think I'm still around for a little while. Okay. Well, just remember a small people whenever you finally reach the stars. So that's all we're asking but as we wrap up here, where can they find you, Mr. Fame and Fortune? You can find me on Twitter at Seminary Sugar Daddy, S-E-M-I-N-A-R-Y-S-G-R-D-A-D-Y. It feels like it's longer every week that I spell it. Or you can find me on the Facebook discussions group, the ECC uh, discussions group. Uh, if you're not a member yet, request to join and we'll add you and uh, you're welcome to, uh, to join us there. I feel like you always spell your Twitter handle different every week. That's just me, though. I mean, I may just be imagining that. You can find me on Twitter, though, at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P, 02. And that's pretty much all where I'm at is on Twitter. Uh, 
I sometimes interact there. I'm not very social media conscious. Sorry, 2019. I really haven't got the memo. But that's all we got for you on Stoppage Time today. Until next time, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?